Well, wasn't that marvellous? Lovely to see the pack of wolves there initially, quite docile and faintly intrigued by the sound of the violin, but soon made frightened and angry by the noise of the thunderous applause. I can see two of them already circling the soloist there as she swipes pointlessly at them with her bow. Marvellous too for the thousands of music lovers who were locked inside this incredible concert hall 30 minutes ago, just before these tremendous animals were released from their special cages just beneath the stage. You can probably hear one or two people screaming for their lives there and of course we wish them the very best in their futile attempts to escape through one of the heavily barricaded doors. That's all from us here. Thank you as ever to those of you at home for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the music this evening. And of course, we hope you'll join us again tomorrow night when we'll have a performance of all six of Bach's concertos for solo cello. Good night. People are always having a go at me for liking korfball, but I don't care. I like it. One of the main reasons I like korfball is because it's fun. Only last week I was speaking to Joyce, who I play korfball with every Tuesday at the local korfball centre, and she told me that if it wasn't for korfball, there wouldn't be a single sport in the world she'd be able to play. Could I play tennis? No, I couldn't. I'm too slow. Could I play snooker? No, I'm too short. Could I do windsurfing? No, I'm too uncoordinated. Could I do that thing where it's like tennis, but the ball is attached to a piece of string and it goes round and round? No, I'm too lazy. But korfball is perfect. I can stand about talking, and when someone throws the ball to me and I drop it, and a man shouts at me for being an idiot, another woman always runs over and defends me because women are allowed to play korfball too. It's in the rules and everything. That Joyce, she doesn't half go on. Drawing a circle, eh? Oh, very nice. I can see you've got a good grip on that compass. Although I, for one, would question your wrist positioning. That starts fine for circle drawing as a leisure time pursuit. But if you've got even the slightest interest in being taken seriously as a contender for the world title, you're going to have to consider developing a new technique. But don't worry, kid, I'll train you up. I'll get you ready. I've just had someone leave my gym, so if you're interested, there's a space for you. I ain't got time for shirkers, mind you. If you're in, then you're mine for 12 hours a day. Drawing circles for 11 of them, and watching circle drawing videotapes for the other one. So I bet you in. I'm not saying you'll ever make it to the big time, but if you're serious about giving it a shot, you know where to find me. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in solemn and reverent observance of the passing of insert name of deceased. I hope at the end of this ceremony for insert name of deceased that you will take solace from the fact you chose to grieve in the presence of others who knew 
and loved in Surt Name of Deceased. In Surt Name of Deceased probably had some very specific skills and abilities which he, she, no doubt put to some use in his, her life. Unless he, she died when very young, in which case you should say something about how he, she, was taken from us too soon. It is wonderful to see so many of you here this morning, afternoon, to remember, insert name of deceased, and I am sure that his, her, family will probably have derived comfort from knowing that insert name of deceased was so popular, and that he, she, brought happiness to so many. I myself never had the privilege of knowing, insert name of deceased, but while spending time in the company of his, her family over the last few days, it was requested that he, she, be given the opportunity to express himself, herself, to all of us today. So I would ask you all please to bow your heads, and providing the suggestion is denominationally appropriate, Close your eyes for the playing of Insert Name of Deceased's favourite song. Yeah, when people stop me in the street and tell me I have the most impressive physique they've ever seen, I usually thank them, pretend it's a big surprise to me, but then when my daughter says I have the most impressive physique she's ever seen, I don't laugh. I shake my head at her and say that it doesn't surprise me. It's important for children to learn humility, mind. My name is Nathan Pickledon. Not Pickled Onion, before you start laughing. I've heard all of the jokes. I remember once at school a boy was calling me Nathan Pickled Onion and he slipped and fell backwards down a flight of stairs. It was a horrible mess. I think he might have ended up having one of those pieces of special equipment permanently attached to his body. Either way, we never saw him again. I heard some years later that he has to be helped in the bathroom. Anyway, that's enough about him. My name is Nathan Pickledon and I am a poet in the classical tradition. Last Thursday, a gentleman approached me at a poetry event at which I was appearing and he asked me to come to his home and record a segment of poetry for this programme. This is that segment. Now. 
Don't worry, I'm not one of those poets who's always writing poems about himself. I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to offload all my psychological baggage onto you. I respect my audience far too much for that. Good. My first poem is called My Parents and Why I Hate Them. <clears throat> Father was a military man, but it was mother who died in the Falkland War, killed by friendly fire as she was stacking shelves in bee jams. Father shut himself away and fiddled with his plastic planes. I stood outside and slowly grew older, being careful not to make a noise. Nathan, abandoned by one. Nathan, ignored by the other. I wish they could hear me reading this poem, but they can't because they're both probably dead. Now, if you were listening very carefully to that poem, you might have noticed that I mentioned about how my mother is now sadly deceased, and that's a nice little link there to my second poem, which is all about what happened to my father earlier today. It's called Father's Accident. <clears throat> An accident befell my father today, or maybe yesterday. I can't be sure. Anyway, he fell much farther than before. I don't suppose it matters to anyone but me. He's still laying still at the bottom of the stairwell, the occasional winged insect landing on his hair. Well, such is the way we leave this life, not so much different from how we entered. A happy accident over which we have no control. Now, before we go any further, perhaps I should apologise for my nerves. Even though I perform poetry at many different poetry performance events during the annual poetry performance schedule, I've never recorded a poetry segment for a programme before and I'm experiencing some anxiety. It's not a new thing, I've had it all my life. Nervous Nathan, that's what father used to call me. He doesn't call me that anymore, of course, not since earlier today, but we won't say anything more about that now. You never know whom might be listening. Now, the man who invited me here this evening is pointing at his watch over there, which I think probably means I only have time for one more poem. This one is called The Longest Hour of Your Life. <clears throat> It goes on like that for quite a while, an hour in fact. I won't be reading it all this evening. I actually read that one to Father just after his accident today and I remember he was holding my arm very, very tightly to begin with, then just tightly, then a normal amount of holding and then not really at all. 
I should probably go home and check on him. Goodbye.